I just she's I've got never, her white pants on. I've just never worn these before, so. Is there makeup on the inside? You know, I wasn't ready to be called out like this. Oh. Anyway, it's very, very unnoticeable. Are you otherwise ready? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's, uh, let's rock. Stuck at the office or traffic jam. Time to take it easy with Alyssa and Sam. Is that show you know? A promo. I can't really cross my legs in these, I don't think. Oh, yeah, I can. Well, you look great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're heading back to Reddit. Um, to the subreddit change my view. I love Reddit so much. I love Reddit too. Kind of. There's parts about it that I really don't like. Um, yeah, there's some things on there for sure. But you know, um, the reason why I wanted to do this episode was because, um, someone posted, uh, change my view most americans who oppose a national health care system would quickly change their tune once they benefited from it ah. and um the first comment was basically this is going to be me not trying to change their view at all but me absolutely agreeing with their view most of the time <laughs> <laughs> um but someone said what about all the americans who would pay into the system into in one way or another but never truly benefit from it for an example um i'm a 54 year old male i have had periods in my life where i haven't seen a doctor for at least five years probably 10 and this is like what immediately gave me pause is that i feel like part of the problem there is that like would you have gone to a doctor if you had better access to it? Yeah, if it was affordable to you and it wasn't something that was seen as a luxury. <laughs> yeah, because like I know a lot of my American friends, um, they've had a range of health issues from like mild things that I probably would still go into a walk-in about to things that are quite severe, like fainting and stuff like that. Um, and they wouldn't go into a doctor because they couldn't afford it. And so... For me, I'm like, I feel like it's like hard for you to even understand like how when it is so accessible, like I feel like you do end up checking up on your health more because you have the option to. Yeah. Well, in my immediate thing, when they said I'm paying into something I'm not using, um, <clears throat> where do you think your taxes go? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, There's roads you certainly do not drive on, sir. <laughs> there's roads you don't drive on. There's If you don't have kids, there's schools that mm -hmm. you'll never utilize. Yeah. Like um, a lot of it, I'm, I mean, I'm just speculating, but how else does the army get paid? Do mm. you know what I mean? So like, I'm sure that there's things that the army does that you don't agree with that you are paying for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they have to pay their soldiers regardless of if we're at war or not. Yeah. Um, anyway, go on. <laughs> um, he goes on to say, um, in my adult life, the most expensive medical issue I've ever had is kidney stones. With insurance, that cost me less than a few hundred bucks. Without insurance, it would have likely been under $5,000, likely under, definitely under 10000 which is, I, I mean, reading these figures is like still outrageous to me because like I, ca I cannot imagine ever getting a medical bill for thousands of dollars and being like, not that bad. Yeah. Um, uh, and he said, so if we had implemented national health care 35 years ago, I would have spent the past 35 years paying into it while sitting around waiting for my opportunity to benefit from it, um, which is really no different than paying into health insurance all those years and never cashing in. Um, so which exactly. If it's, if it's no different, then great. <laughs> yeah. Because then, and this is something that I don't like either, is that there's this idea that it's like, 
a very singular mindset. Mm. It's like, oh, you have no empathy for those that yeah you don't have any family that's been chronically ill or had like a life-threatening illness or 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 yeah well and, and the thing is is that it's like it, it's odd to me that like healthcare is treated like this anomaly when like again that's the whole point of taxes that we are pooling money together to to benefit everybody like that's yeah. i i can't really think of anything that like our tax dollars go to that's like singularly beneficial Mm -hmm. (laughs) um rather than communally beneficial so it's like why why is healthcare treated so much like the outlier in the united states i just don't understand that yeah um he said yes i could get cancer tomorrow and suddenly get that opportunity to take advantage of either national health care or insurance but there are a lot of people who would never have that opportunity especially if we're considering the current system where medicare starts at age 62 um, and it's after that age when historically healthy people start having really excessive healthcare costs. Okay, well, my dad had stage four cancer at 54. Well, and the thing is, is that it's like, I mean, obviously it's easy to say, but like, you you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Like beyond no. cancer, like, mm-hmm. you know, you get into a car accident, mm-hmm. you crash your bike, like you, like who knows? Like there, there's so, so, so many things. There's so many variables that can happen to you, your family, your friends, like that. I just feel like it's, again, it's, it's no different to me from any other thing that you would be paying into your taxes for. It's just so wild to me because it's not like, we're over here in Canada with universal healthcare and we're the only ones. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like there are a few, like I know I always call it back to Denmark, but it's because it's like, it's such a, I feel like Denmark is almost like the anomaly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm pretty sure that like Sweden and Norway are similar, but that could be completely wrong. Um, but Denmark has outrageously high taxes. And I do know a couple of people who like don't love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, my family, which is extensive in Denmark, like I have so much family in Denmark, most of them still are good with it. Yeah. But there are all of these countries that have universal. It's not just us, you know, yeah. like France, England, the Scandinavian countries, yeah. us, like you are almost the, do you know what I mean? You're the, the outlier. The, well, they are like, like the United States in terms of developed countries, like they, they are the outlier Yeah. with that kind of stuff. So Anyways, I just wanted to speak to that because I was like, I don't know who to direct this conversation to because I'm not going to respond to this Reddit thread now. Yeah. Um, But anyways, let's go through. um, Well, and let's not even mention that like having children in the U.S. is like mm -hmm. significant. Like just even birthing the child is so expensive. Like it's something that I didn't grow up thinking that that would be an issue. Like I knew that having children is expensive because they cost a lot of money to raise. Yeah. But the actual birthing? I know. Like, I feel like I'd be paying that off for forever. And what if you get pregnant accidentally? Yeah, well, and you're in a state that doesn't allow abortion. Well, and exactly. And now, yeah, you're trying to take the choice away as well. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. now you're forcing me to, I don't know how much it is, but I've heard like horror stories where it's like like $90,000 and yeah. it's like, okay, cool. I can never not reference back to this, but like the one medical bill um, of this person that gave birth they charged them for skin to skin contact like to hold their child <laughs> like that that was like just the most like ass ba- like it's just so fucking bizarre i just i don't even know what to i don't know it's just such a business like the the hospital industry 
from what I understand in the U.S. is such a business. I can't even like start with the pharmaceutical companies at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like after my research on um, like OxyContin and stuff like that and just the kickbacks even, I'm just like, oh yeah, this is, I understand where the anger comes from in regards to like big pharma. Yeah. Um, because when I was hearing about it originally in Canada, I was kind of like, this doesn't seem like that much of a big deal. Um, which was just naive because of like the life that I've mm-hmm. lived, you know what I mean? And now that I'm like looking into it more, I'm just like, oh, so what? Um, and actually like we were talking about this, not on the podcast, like yesterday or something, it's all a blur, but I would be interested to know like how prevalent like the same issues are with big pharma in Canada Mm -hmm. as they are in the States. Cause uh, so much of what happens in the States does happen in Canada to some extent, not speaking in healthcare, but just like generally speaking. Um, so much does happen here, but it's not publicized the same way. Yeah. So I think it's really easy for Canadians to be like, Oh, well we're not like that. (laughs) Well, there's no transparency. Yeah. You know, whereas in the U S they passed a law. I can't remember what it's called. It's like the something angel. I want to say, angel eye some no i don't know oh, that sounds very like i can't remember mystery. i haven't okay so to preface this i haven't done like Alyssa research on this okay it's like a very like skim skim research um but they have a, a law where you have to disclose legally if you've been paid more than ten dollars for something as a doctor mm. um whereas in canada that doesn't happen and my somebody told me they were like well i didn't think that you could even get kickbacks in canada but then i was looking into it and it said that 10 companies in 2017 said yes, they would disclose, but they only wanted to disclose for like three months, six months, or a year, like between the different companies. Um, and so I was like, well, if you agreed to disclose, to me, that means that this, this is, is happening. Yeah. yeah, but I don't I don't have enough information to even like speak on that, but that's like, that's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> Just interesting. That's enough to make a conspiracy off of. I love, I do, I love a conspiracy. Not like the, not like flat earth conspiracy. Yeah. But like something is afoot here. But like we didn't land on the moon conspiracy. Sam, <laughs> there's, there's just too much, there's too many questions. Yeah. For me. Okay. Okay. And I'm not trying to disrespect. Change my view. We didn't land on the moon. <laughs> uh, dude, I brought that up in grade nine science and my teacher was like livid. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mr. Wilkinson. Um, he was like. we absolutely did like he wouldn't even like humor me yeah (laughs) i also got a c minus in that class so correlation he he never let it go (laughs) no honestly he didn't Uh, okay let's find uh let's find one to go off of here okay oh this is interesting okay hit me it says change my view a minimum wage that is directly linked to the cost of living slash wage for an area would solve many issues that come with minimum wage increases can I read that back? Yeah. So that one's interesting to me because I think that we were having a conversation with someone like very recently. Gosh, who was it? Anyway, they were kind of like trying to say that, that like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who it was. Um. Anyway, they were saying that their house still cost a lot of money when they bought it and they only made like $12,000 a year at the time. Yeah. Um. And I think the house that they bought was like $60,000. And still, <laughs> like... The, the fact remains that like minimum wage has not increased the way that the yeah. housing market has increased and the cost of living has increased um, in Canada and I'm sure in, in lots of parts of the US. Um, but I do find that Canada specifically, like British Columbia and Ontario, oh 
pump. It's just outrageous. Like, well, I mean, in both of those areas, $60,000 a lot of the times wouldn't even cover a down payment. Yeah. No. And <laughs> and not to mention, like, of course, taxes, mm-hmm. right? So if you make $40,000 a year a year before taxes, now you're making $30,000 a year yeah. and the houses are going for like a million dollars, actually. Mm-hmm. Like to get a very like bare bones house right now, it's a million dollars. Yeah. So how long will it take you? <laughs> to buy a house for where we live how long would it take you to buy a house for a million dollars on thirty thousand dollars net or even to get a down payment well and and not only that but it's like the it's the the argument of like well like saving money and being smart with your finance and stuff like that like to me doesn't even really work because the the way that the housing market is inflating it it doesn't matter like you could start saving now but like by the time that you got to the point where three years ago you maybe could have like put a down payment down well now the house is like the house that you could have bought three years ago with this amount that you have now is like exponentially more expensive yeah and i think the interesting thing about that changed my view is that there are areas and i don't think that it's a perfect solution because what if you want to move (laughs) well and also like you don't necessarily live in the exact like like what would constitute an area kind of thing because you don't necessarily live in the exact area where you work either well i think that the way that wage increases work is it's by province by province yeah i think so um as long as you like stayed within british columbia or stayed within ontario yeah um i'm gonna i'm gonna read like his um Mm. his furthermore Um, He said, so the main thing I see when the topic of a living wage comes up is that companies will just jack up the prices to compensate for the lost revenue, which then negates any increase in wages. However, uh, a minimum wage that is directly linked to what the living wage is for the area that the business is located would make it so companies drive the price. So if companies drive the prices up, then the cost of living goes up, then the living wage goes up. And so will what the workers are paid. Um, this way, company just companies can't just jack up the prices because doing so will mean that they need to pay their workers even more. Keeping prices lower will be in their best interest. Yeah. So what I think is interesting about that, again, like I said, is it, I mean, it won't work if you are like trying to move, but if you move, then you will be paid accordingly accordingly right um but i think that that's really like a cool idea because there are certain like states for sure i know where the cost of living is like quite a bit lower and it's like i don't know i still feel like it's a nice state don't know enough about it but it's like (laughs) when i'm watching house hunters and they have like a mansion for three hundred thousand, i'm like excuse me yeah (laughs) you know what i mean um and so in those states it would seem to me that the wages could be like quite a bit lower and then like collectively as a country like maybe it all evens out in the wash you know like cost of living in new york city is quite high yeah (laughs) you know what i mean but then if it's by state by state how do you deal with the discrepancies of city by city because you go out to rochester Mm -hmm. and i'm assuming it's quite a bit lower than living like in manhattan (laughs) well and that's what i was gonna say when you were like provincially like if you were staying in bc but it's like there's so many places in bc that are like dirt cheap in comparison to like obviously like vancouver (laughs) you know yeah 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 um I think, I mean, my my first impression is just that, like, this is, like, a nice idea that would never come to fruition. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I think that that's, like, to me, it's, like, the the conversation around livable wages just lends to the bigger conversation of, like, corruption within our government and big business and stuff like that. And that's, it's almost like I 
it's it's like so hard to even focus on like the livable wage conversation because it's like it's so much bigger than that that mm-hmm. like it would never even like almost like that conversation would never even get the chance to get into politics because like which it does get discussed to like some extent but mm-hmm. I feel like never in a way that's like you know truly something's gonna change mm-hmm. um but the first comment someone said um it's not that companies increase prices with an increase in the minimum wage. It's that landlords increase prices. Rent is not a fixed price um, like goods and most services are. It's highly flexible based on demand. You would create a feedback loop. Minimum wage goes up, rent goes up. So minimum wage goes up again because the cost of living increased. So rent goes up again. As an end result, you actually put companies out of business because they would be paying astronomically high wages while the landlords are the ones benefiting. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, you as a landlord who is, like, you're not corrupt, I feel like you would feel differently. But I do know people who now, because I Hold on. I want to specify, I'm a landlord of this house only. (laughs) I don't own multiple, like, rental locations or anything like that. She's my landlord only. That is correct. Um, But you haven't raised the rent since I've lived here, which legally you could have done. Yeah. You could have raised it by a percentage that is allowed by law. Yeah. <laughs> so don't tell that to your husband. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but I do know people who now that the uh, housing market is like on fire and so the rental market is mm-hmm. <laughs> like going up. I do know people who are, are raising their rent pretty substantially. Yeah. Um, which I guess I understand because it's like, if you are trying to make that your business where you have rental incomes, then you need more money so that you can then buy another house. Yeah. Um, and gosh, like my my dad really like believed in buying properties young. I'm so sorry, dad, that I didn't do that. Um, <laughs> so I think that there is... Again, he was from a different time. So that's, yeah. you know... I think that there is something to be said for like starting young and like making like decisions that are afforded to you. Like... I'm not saying people who like actually have no opportunity. Yeah. Had I spent my money properly, I could have owned a house. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like no problem. Um, I wouldn't say no problem, but you know what I mean. Um, and so I think that there's something to be said for people who like got into real estate quite young. Yeah. Um, and that they did, did make those decisions. Again, not always possible. Um, but I think that it's kind of the same as like starting a business and having good business sense and like whatever. And then so you you do well and then you profit. So I, I guess what I'm saying is I kind of, I understand why you would do that. Mm -hmm. Still kind of feels fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a difference between like the fundamental difference between people getting into the real estate market and people like that's their main source of income kind of thing. Um, and to the point where, you know, they're, destroying neighborhoods yeah (laughs) you know like over it kind of thing yeah um yeah it's just I don't know I and I struggle with that too because like I I there are a lot of times where I see um you know people being like wanting to like boycott businesses over things that are like this is just very much like what needs to be done kind of thing like this is like like what is the alternative because like this business needs to continue to run so that they can continue to pay their employees so that you know like the world still turns kind of thing um I I think again to me it's just like it's it, it goes back into like these larger and larger and larger issues which is like that there is excessive wealth and that that shouldn't even be 
it like legal in my opinion like like billionaires and stuff like that i don't think have any need to exist i don't think that like any one person um you could reasonably say um has worked hard enough to warrant like a billion dollars i think that there's people that came up with really good ideas that resulted in businesses that became billion dollar businesses like amazon for instance like obviously that was a smart idea obviously like it's as successful as it is because it is a valuable service um i don't think that jeff bezos himself worked hard enough to warrant him being worth you know hundreds of billions of dollars or whatever he's worth i can't remember i don't know how much he's worth either the only thing this is like very unpopular it's not that it's like my opinion at all um i've just heard it said to me um the only thing with being that wealthy independently wealthy is that you can afford to make advances independently that others might not so let's say for instance like we were multi-billionaires um we could fund our own ideas for how to um get better like sanitation wherever we want like um drink drinkable water wherever we wanted and we didn't have to worry about like going through like government like obviously we would have to have it set up where we have permits and shit to do it yeah but we could also pay for that <laughs> right um whereas like with taxes and stuff like that it's like they have to bring it to their I don't understand politics enough, but like a cabinet or whatever. And then they have to pass a bill and then they have to do all these things. But if we were like independently wealthy fucking billionaires, we could just go and, and do all these like humanitarian things, but air quotes. I don't know. I don't know why I don't like the word humanitarian. Is that weird? <laughs> it just feels like by saying like, to me, it feels like by saying humanitarian, it's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm doing, it's just like, this should be, we should care. Yeah. Like inherently care. Yeah. Instead of being like, yeah, I'm a humanitarian. But maybe that's, I don't know. Um, but anyway, it, to, to be quite frank, I think that if billionaires were doing that, like, I just don't see that as many people having an issue with Bill Gates as they do with Jeff Bezos. And I think yeah. for me, the reason is, I mean, some people think that Bill Gates is trying to like microchip us, but, <laughs> but, um, some people think that the government is run by lizard people. So, and so, and here we stand. <laughs> yeah. So I think that if the billionaires were giving back kind of in the same way as Bill Gates, I just, I just wonder if we would like also feel a little bit differently. Okay. I don't think I wouldn't. Here's why. I, I think that like there's, to, to me, that's like a pipe dream. Like, like I think that like, yeah, it would be lovely if like billionaires were just like inherently good people that were like, I'm going to spread the wealth. Like mm -hmm. that's obviously not going to be the standard. That's not going to be like anything we can control. Um, but I think that regardless, like, you know, Bill Gates, there's still so many people that need to be involved to make those things happen. And I think that like n no one person should be able to make a decision that can impact thousands or millions or, you know, and so on kind of thing. Like, so I think to me, like that is, I, I think that there's a, again, like a lot of corruption within our government system and stuff like that. And I think that it's often a slow process and I think that they don't value the correct things, but I think that there is a value to a government system in that, um, we do have the option to vote for people that are going to hopefully, um, you know, have like their agendas play out according to what they're stating, they're planning to do kind of thing. I, I think that there's value in like letting people decide overall what they want, like communally, rather than having one person be like, you know, the, the end all be all because 
they're just controlling so much money that that affords them that ability. Yeah. Gosh, I just don't know. Like, obviously, it's a pipe dream. Duh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, okay, so bringing it back, because I do feel like you and I have good intentions. <laughs> like, at the, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Bringing it back there, like you said, there would be so many people who would have to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, we wouldn't be able to do anything that we don't have the grounds to do legally. So we couldn't just... Uh, that's... Well, yeah, I guess that's a stretch. <laughs> yeah. Money buys everything. So yeah. we could probably pay off some people. That's true. Yeah. I wonder if, like, again, we're just, like, making a fantasy world. I wonder if you had, like, once you reached a certain threshold, like, say you made a billion dollars, mm-hmm. and then once you became a billionaire, you had to create almost, like, your own government. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? But, like, not a government that governs, like, a a province or like a country or anything like that but within the decisions that you make with anything over a billion that you yeah you have so it's like okay we've now made 1.5 billion now as a as our own entity we have to decide what we're going to do with this 500 million dollars yeah and if there was like a set of (laughs) categories that you were allowed to spend that 500 million dollars on yeah and those categories were set by the government but then that begs the question okay what about governments that aren't democratic that isn't it's not a democracy yeah i mean kind of like what you were describing before is like taxes (laughs) (laughs) but but here's the thing that i think is is interesting because what we could do is the things that aren't as i don't want to say important important to the government do you know what i mean because Mm -hmm. like the way the taxes work is it's like distributed in australia actually you get to decide i'm pretty sure or they tell you where your taxes went and then you get to decide like the surplus i don't know correct me if that's wrong um but with taxes like we pay them we don't we don't really know what gets allocated where you know what i mean but in a billionaire company okay they could disclose they could be voted on how much they were going to put into these other things to so say the government they, they could or they would have to be so okay so here's now what i'm thinking because i'm creating this as i'm going i haven't thought about this before <laughs> yeah. this is a new venture for me um anything that the government didn't put enough money into okay that is voted on in government by the population as well okay so say we have like I need to set this up so that people understand what's going on in my head. <laughs> this is a tangled web we're weaving here. <laughs> so say we have, I'm just going to pick certain issues, okay? So say we have um, uh, school funding, um, uh, healthcare. What's another, what's another issue? Well. I mean, so many, but like, you, just pick one. I would, okay, army is what comes to mind for me because that's something that the government spends much money on. Yeah, but let's pick one that like, we don't need to spend more money on. Okay. <laughs> or like th- they're not putting enough money into it. Okay, like homelessness. Homelessness. Okay, so um, so we have these three. Say the government um, put a bunch of money that year into healthcare. <laughs> Would be nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so now that one is taken from the roster of the ones that the billionaire companies can choose from. You see what I'm saying? So then you have $500 million to put between uh, the school's school system, whatever, uh, education is better. I'm never going to be a politician. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> and the, the guys, guys hear me out. Okay. We have with someone, someone says an issue we have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we have $500 million to spend between poverty and the school system. 
And so then the public, okay, gets those two options. They vote on those options, which one we're going to put the most, like what, which one we're going to put money into. And then the billionaire company then is like, okay, great. Yeah. That's what we're putting the money into. I mean, I will say this too, is that like, I, I personally don't actually have issues with companies that are worth billions of dollars because you said like the the billion dollar company i don't have issues with companies being worth billions of dollars i have issues with individuals being worth billions of dollars and i would also say that i wouldn't be opposed to people being able to be billionaires in the same way that i am now if there weren't so many tax loopholes that allow them to Mm. not pay their fair share because i think that's the thing is like i don't like people that are millionaires people that are billionaires like you know okay fine (laughs) like if if you're if you created so much value kind of thing because again i think that it's undeniable that amazon is valuable Mm -hmm. um i don't think jeff bezos is that valuable and so if he was paying his fair share in taxes and not able to like skirt around and and not have to pay what he should be paying then i i would feel a lot less animosity towards the fact that this one individual has so much money because like his money is also being distributed back so therein lies an issue with the government oh absolutely yeah yeah i mean that's way easier than my idea let's just fix the fucking tax (laughs) loopholes for billionaires make them pay their fair share you guys can be billionaires then if you if you're paying a billion dollars in taxes a year no problem again like it's it's like a hope and a prayer that like if the government had more money to play with that they would like make the right choices kind of thing that Um, is a hope and a prayer (laughs) yeah but like I, i think that to me it's like that's that that's where things at least need to start is mm-hmm. like that these corporations these individuals like are not able to avoid taxes the way that they are because it's fucking outrageous that the last president of the United States paid $750 in taxes one year. Yeah. That, that's painful to me personally, even though I'm not an American citizen. Yeah. I'm personally offended. And I will say, like, I've seen a lot of really, like, good changes happening. I mean, I know that we aren't American, and so Americans, like, sometimes hate it when we talk about their politics. But it's worth stating again, what happens in the U.S. directly affects Canada. Not Oh, as- and... and- <clears throat> multiple other areas yeah not obviously as much as the american people Mm -hmm. but we're a lot closer than you think like we have a lot of ties there yeah so uh and all of your media gets like comes over to canada whereas in the u.s from what i'm hearing from even like our followers canadian news doesn't even hit the (laughs) hit the radar nobody cares over there about canadian news but it's all over our our tvs um but I have been seeing like really good things happening and like I'm really happy to live in a democracy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm I'm good. I voted. I'm you good. Know, <laughs> you know, people people marched and suffered so that I could have the right to vote and I I ex- exercise that right. Um yeah, so I'm I'm good, but like the taxes thing, yeah, it's it's just I just think that there's so much of an opportunity, but again, without like raising taxes across the board, there is only so much money yeah you know but i i agree i think that the rich get richer and the poor stay poor and that's like how our society is set up well and i think also so so the one thing that i would say too about um the original thing of like this guy saying um 
minimum wage that's directly linked to the cost of living, et cetera, kind of thing. I think that what would what would be the the realistic result of that is that it would be these small businesses that we actually have no issue with that would be continually going out of business. They couldn't mm-hmm. like sustain kind of thing. So true. Um, because they don't have the flexibility to um, live up to these like mandated standards kind of thing if it's not also coupled with things like rent control and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, I agree. Just a moment to thank today's sponsor, which is Talkspace. You know, 2020 was like a really emotionally draining year. And then it just segued right into 2021. <laughs> but but I feel like good things are on the horizon for 2021, okay? I just still need to heal. But I think I think that it is time. It's time to take a new direction. And the first way to do that, honestly, in my opinion, is talk therapy. May is actually Mental Health Awareness Month. But really, it's important to be working on your mental health all year long, every year, year after year, endlessly. <laughs> For the rest of your life. <laughs> it's a full life commitment. <clears throat> but there's good news because a therapist can help you identify the patterns and habits that might be holding you back and how to move forward in the right direction. And with Talkspace, you can sign up online and start therapy the same day you sign up. You can text, video, or send voice messages to your licensed therapist. So it's super convenient to have virtual sessions from the comfort of your home. Talkspace lets you send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist in the Talkspace platform 24-7. Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform that has thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. Your therapist can help you set and achieve your goals. Talkspace is also a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy, and they are secure and private using the latest end-to-end bank-grade encryption technology to store client information and complying with the latest HIPAA regulations. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Use code APPROACHABLE and go to Talkspace.com to get $100 off your first month. That's Talkspace.com using the code APPROACHABLE. Thank you so much, Talkspace. Oh, someone said there's nothing wrong with celebrating when someone evil dies. Okay. <laughs> um, I think this is unambiguous if the person is actively making the world a worse place. In that case, the, their death makes the world a better place, and that's something to celebrate. I can see some arguments that if they've done bad things in the past but are now just living a private life, death shouldn't be celebrated. But even then, I think it's fine to take some joy in the death of someone who should be con- could be considered evil. Consider a serial killer who was caught and convicted after a full confession. Even if they've apologized, they... Uh, their eventual death may be the only closure that a victim's family can get. Yeah. Um, the top comment says, I'm a psychotherapist and I have been for 31 years and a lot of my career was spent in the prison system. I worked with a serial killer in PA and he was one of the last people to be executed in that state. I didn't really do much with him because he was in a plexiglass cell in the fetal position on his bed all the time. He was in what's called a catatonic state uh meaning his body is frozen from the bizarre mental and physical things happening one day officers came and took him away uh to another prison to be injected with drugs and killed um i thought that was extremely gross as he was 
obviously a severely mentally ill person who never had much of a chance in life to begin with. He did murder women in a horrible way, but it was all strange and stupid with no point to it. Um, all of that led to me leaving the prison system. Meanwhile, many people thought him laying in the cell, which smelled like someone took a shit in the worst type of cheese, was funny, interesting, and killing him was a good idea. I looked at it like the state murdered him and I was a part of it. The point is that if you hate evil people to the point where you enjoy seeing them suffer, are glad they're dead, you have become evil. In popular culture, this is a huge message in Star Wars. Star Wars, um, if you want to kill evil people and hate them, you will turn to the dark side. In Lord of the Rings, Frodo says to Gandalf, wow, he really is like get going for the cultural references. No kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, pop culture references. Frodo says to Gandalf, why not just kill Gollum? Gandalf replies that you never know. Gollum? Gollum. Gollum. Um, Gandalf replies that you never know the value of someone and you can't assume that they're dying is a good thing. Of course, Gollum turns out to be the most important person. We should always try to look for the good and evil people and always try to understand what they did, what they think they are doing and what they did was good in their eyes. If not, you're just supporting the us versus them attitude that creates extreme thinking and evil behaviors. Okay. Hit me. So as someone who is just fascinated by the mind and especially the mind of serial killers um i watch like a lot of dark documentaries and um psychotherapists and speaking on this what i don't agree with is that we have to or we should try to see the good in everybody including serial killers i don't think that you should have to put yourself through that emotional Mm -hmm. um um What's that? What's the word? Turmoil? Or yeah. Labor? Labor. Yeah. I don't I don't think you have to do that. I don't think you should have to try to. Um, but I really do believe that uh, if we decide that we can decide who dies, that I don't know that that feels right to me. I don't I I don't know that I agree. Um, I think that these people should absolutely never see the society again you know I think that they're very dangerous even if they're you know what I mean like mental mental illness doesn't mean that they're not dangerous yeah right um someone who is so mentally ill that they are killing people mm-hmm. I do think that they need to be segregated from society because they're they're a danger yeah. right um but I don't know that I agree that we get the right to decide who dies because yeah then I do feel like we are like them that we've decided for some reason that they need to die. And I mean, yeah, killing innocent people is a pretty fucking good reason if you ever (laughs) told me. Um, Would I be relieved if someone died of natural causes in prison um, and they did horrific things? Honestly, probably, yeah. Especially if those things were done to anyone I knew or whatever, because obviously that makes you like closer to the situation. Yeah. would I be sad that they didn't? No, of course not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Would I celebrate it in the streets? I don't know. Probably not. Um, you know, so- someone like Hitler, for instance, um, if if I was alive when he died, I would probably fucking celebrate the shit out of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty fair to say. Um, the other thing is there, in in the prison system, there are certain things that, Um, you have to be segregated for, for your own safety, you know, that you can't be in general population or else somebody will kill you. And if that happened, you know, I don't know that I would, I don't think that that's like the state or the province deciding 
that we collectively as a unit are like, yeah, we get to decide who dies. It's like, okay, one criminal decided that another criminal yeah. <laughs> gets to die. And to me, that just feels different. I don't know. Um, yeah, what do you think? I have so many thoughts on this. Um, I, I, the, the first and like to me like most obvious thing is that obviously like considering someone evil is subjective. Mm-hmm. There, there's things that are inherently Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can all kind of agree at this point like we're at a good place with that you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) we can all kind of like hold hands on that one um but I think there are a lot of there are a lot of crimes that are because that's kind of what I'm basing this off of is like people who committed crimes um I think there are a lot of crimes that just simply aren't that black and white Mm um and so I think that that to me is the first issue and I agree with you that it it it's different depending on like are we deciding who dies in this scenario um oh boy yeah i have a i have a really hard time with that just because again like our our um prison system is so our our justice system is so complex and can also oftentimes be corrupt um and so i struggle with you know the idea that like people deserve to die because I think that there's so many instances that we know exist where people are wrongfully convicted. Mm -hmm. Um, And so again, it's like, it's really evil. It's really easy to um, hear one side without all the context and say like, Oh yeah, fuck that person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get rid of them. Don't care. Like that happy to see him gone kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Um, but there are so many instances where like, if you had all the context, if you actually knew what was going on, if you knew about how the trial went down and what was, you know, like all those kinds of things, like you might change your opinion and like someone dying is like a pretty, that's a, that's a really final. There's no coming back from it if it was a wrong, wrongful conviction. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I do think that, um, I don't like the idea of somebody who, you know, killed a bunch of people having the same restrictions as somebody who got arrested for, like, a petty drug charge. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that you should have some pretty hard times in prison. I think that your life should be pretty fucked up. Like, pretty lonely. Um, You know, not in, like, a torture way, obviously, because I don't want to stoop to that level. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think that you should really get to feel joy, to be quite honest. Yeah. Well, and and I will say too that like kind of going back to the original thing of like celebrating someone's death, I I don't personally believe that there's any like widespread harm in like you individually being glad about someone dying. Like, go hard. (laughs) Like, who gives a shit kind of thing? Like, I don't think that that's causing a lot of issues. I think that, um, yeah, like people getting to collectively decide whether or not someone dies or something like that's where I'm kind of like, oh, like, I don't know about this because, and I I don't know, like it's, I struggle with it too, because like I, my empathy is almost boundless (laughs) in a lot of like circumstances. And like, I think with like the mental health thing and stuff like that, I agree with you that someone that is um, mentally ill, that doesn't, negate the fact that they did things that Mm -hmm. you know don't necessarily warrant them being able to be in society kind of thing but I'm curious on that topic how do you feel about 
someone that is has gone through like rehabilitation and stuff like that over a number of years not somebody who like you know they Mm -hmm. they served a couple months and like now we're deciding whether or not to like let them back into society but like years and like lots of like psychoanalysis etc it would depend on so many factors yeah yeah it would depend on the age that they were convicted because um there are still certain situations where you can be tried as an adult when you're a minor Mm -hmm. uh so that would be very dependent for me um like were you 15 or 16 when you (laughs) committed this murder yeah what what came out in the trial like was it a possibility that it was self-defense that sort of thing um in my opinion there is no rehabilitation for a serial killer that wouldn't make them that would make them not a danger to society um am i am i like set on that opinion (laughs) i'm trying to think now because there is so much research that um suggests that a lot of of what happens in a serial killer's mind is trauma in childhood and stuff like that and i i just wouldn't want to chance it Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean that i like however many number of therapists or therapies you could go through could reverse what that trauma did to you yeah um there's also studies about the brain where like there's actually changes in the brain um for people and there's people who are like extremely manipulative and could fake it for a very very long time you know what i mean and then still act out their like what would be in in them primal urges right um so that really scares me somebody it it would depend on so many factors um but i think that there are people who could can be reformed and i think that um it i mean especially with like drug charges and stuff like that oh my those god people, yeah, it's like, like just petty crimes kind of thing yeah well but even like people who were like distributing um like not in not in like we're murdering people to do this yeah yeah but people who like got caught doing some pretty like you know that was pretty bad yeah um but i think that you can be reformed and i've seen it happen yeah um so that is like a no kind of a no-brainer for me as long as there's criteria in place serial killers that's a hard one i don't i don't yeah i think i'm pretty set on that just to like emotionally i don't know statistically or like actually scientifically if if that can be a thing but personally if you let out a serial killer yeah you know which is actually happening in canada right now which one robert picton he's being let out i don't think he's being let out right now but he asked for early release i don't know that i would ever feel confident i need to have a conversation with trudeau about that one (laughs) let me let me look that up to make sure that that's an actual thing oh boy yeah picton's eligibility date for for day parole is 2024. He's eligible for full parole, parole 2027. Um, Crazy that he's eligible for parole at all. Yep. If you guys don't know who Robert Picton is, he murdered like, we actually don't know how many women um, in Port Coquitlam where like in the, it's like a suburb of where we like live. Like the greater Vancouver area. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's eligible for day parole in 2024 three years away he could be like chilling yeah that's not very cash money no i think that if you like if you kill like yeah no i think that you should be in jail for the rest of your life not like 25 to like no no chance of parole (laughs) i would say that i agree given what we know currently about mental health and rehabilitation and stuff like that 
I think that like there's be, be, be like knowing that it is so like trauma based and stuff like that. I think that there is a potential where like in certain circumstances, again, this is always like case by case. I don't mm-hmm. think that like anything in our like justice system should be blanket statements. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, case by case, if, if there was an instance where, yeah, let's say that this kid was like 12 and he murdered his whole friggin' family. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I do feel like, <laughs> yeah, because like there's instances like Gypsy Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I don't feel like she was in the wrong. No, like, but she murdered her mom, not her whole family. And and you could argue that that was self-defense. Okay, but like in, in the instance that like her dad was also still in the picture and was like allowing this to happen and stuff like that. Um, and her brother was in the, like she had a brother and he was in the picture and he was also abusing her and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know that I would be like, no, yeah, like just across the board, definitely not. There was like no reason why that should happen. There's no reason why you should like be allowed back in society because like that was clearly like a pointed situation. And that's why I say case by case is like, you know, when you say like murdering your whole family, it like automatically out the gate. It's like, well, that, okay, <laughs> like hold on here. But it's like, who fucking knows what the family's doing? Okay, yeah. But if something is like even perceivably in self-defense, sure. You know, then yeah. I'll, I'll take yeah. a look. If it's like... I'll take a look. If Put it, it on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> if it's actually like, because there are, there was this, um these two boys that plotted to murder their their whole family and did it. But like, sure, things can go on behind the scenes. It was pretty compelling that nothing was going on yeah, behind yeah, the yeah. scenes. Well, and, and again, like case by case, of course not. Like That's pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and so I think that like in the case of like someone like Gypsy Rose, like let's say that it was like more family members and like they were all abusing her kind of thing, whatever. We're just making up a fantasy. Yeah. Um, but we're doing like, that a lot in this episode. <laughs> yeah, we really are. <laughs> um, but like in that instance, I feel like if we were to learn more about trauma, if we were to learn more about rehabilitation and it was becoming pretty clear scientifically speaking that there was an ability to reverse trauma to the point where you know someone could kind of be reintroduced into society and like it's 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 pretty statistically clear that they're not going to be a danger yeah I personally don't have an issue with that okay but given what we currently know um I'm a little bit more hesitant yeah the way that I like to think about it is would I be okay with this person moving next door to me and my kids? Yeah. Because when people are reintroduced to society, it's always different. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have like an ankle monitor, like you're on house arrest or you have like, um, uh, God, what are they called? But like parole conditions and shit like that. Um, But eventually, you know, if you're just like released back into society with nothing, yeah, I need to think about this. If I say like, I'm fine with you being released, I need to think about this like this person's moving next door. Well, and I also think too that like it, even in the instance that we learn more and whatever, like and, and they're re-released or, or they're released at all, um, I do think that should still come with stipulations mm-hmm. personally. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know that someone that commits like a really like hideous violent crime <laughs> That's like absolutely not like you you can't claim that it's like not victimless or whatever. Um, I think that there's no reason why you shouldn't continue to be monitored for the rest of your life. Yeah. Well, and something- like Ro- if Robert Picton ever gets the fuck out. Moving to Alberta. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> or maybe he would move to Alberta. He's a farmer. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'd, I'd see where he, I'd gauge his, <laughs> like, flight path and then determine well, from there. But here's the thing, okay? People can be allowed to get out and change their names. So you wouldn't even know where they go. Yeah. Right? Like, that actually happened in um, uh, Winnipeg. The guy who chopped off that guy's head on the Greyhound bus. This is like a Canadian legend. This is a <laughs> big thing. Yeah. Um, he is out of jail and he changed his name. We have, He could be living. He could be our neighbor. He's definitely not. No, I know our neighbors. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, that's the thing is like. Uh, don't feel great about that. No. But that case was also um, mental illness. Mm-hmm. So that is an interesting one to look at because they deemed that he was off of his meds. And that was also a one-off. It was, yeah. It was a one-time one time thing. Yeah. The, it was... God, it was one time. The sh- okay. <laughs> the shit that guy did... Oh, it was, the f- it was so fucked up. It was so fucked up. I would argue that that's pretty fucking heinous. Yeah. Okay? Um... The, but I'm not is, trying to make light of the. Ju- uh, I'm, I am joking around, but like, yeah, it, it was absolutely horrific. It was, yeah, it was, the, uh, yeah, it was wild. Um, but he was off of his medication, and they deemed that when he was on his medication, um, that he was stable. But to me, that that makes me really worried. And, and again, like I, um, I'm not saying that having mental illness makes you like a danger to society at all. But my issue, my issue there is that he chose to go off of his medication, right? Or you forget your medication, whatever, whatever it might be. That's scary to me that you did it once. I'm, I'm obviously going to think the possibility for it to happen again is there. Oh, of course. Right. Well, and that's, and that's why, like, I would say that like, even in that instance, which like, to me, like, I don't doubt that he is somebody that like, there's a real possibility that he won't reoffend, mm-hmm. um, but I think that regardless, so that we aren't like putting the general public at risk, I think that he he again anybody that commits like a like violent crime, I think that he is someone that should continue to be monitored for the rest of his life, so that we know that he's taking his medication, so that we know that like you know he's getting like the help he needs to continue to be um, a a functioning part of society yeah. and not a danger. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I agree. Well. <laughs> anyway. That was quite the fucking episode. I, I don't know how this one's going to go down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I wasn't really prepared. Like, I sh- I wish that I had looked at, like, this before we started, because I would have prepared with more, like, information and, like, statistics and shit so that I could talk better about it. I don't think that we could have anticipated the direction that we headed with many of those things. No. Me either. No. Uh, God, God bless us. Yeah. Well, uh, let us know your thoughts. Maybe don't. I'm a little bit scared of the comment section on this one. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, be kind regardless. Yeah. You know, some just just some things to... Ponder. Just some ideas to, to peruse on your off time. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> Okay, bye. Bye.